Thank you for joining us today on the LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host today, Jessica Kunkler, and I am here with ANAC's Curriculum Development Specialist, Jesse McGill, to talk about the patient-driven payment model. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Jessica. I am so excited to be here with you today. Jesse, I understand that CMS held a nationwide call on Tuesday, December 11th, addressing PDPM. What were some of the topics that were covered on the training? Yes, CMS held a two-hour training during which they provided an overview of the patient-driven payment model. They also talked a lot about the rationale for why we're changing from RUGS4 to PDPM. And what I found was really interesting is their uh, discussion about how we're going to transition next October. Can you elaborate a little bit more on the transition plan? Yes. So with the transition plan, we're going to move from RUGS4 to PDPM, and CMS is describing this as a hard transition. So what this means is that there's no overlap or transition period. It's just one hard stop date. So RUGS 4 will be used for reimbursement up until and including September 30th, 2019. And PDPM is going to be used for reimbursement for any days October 1st, 2019 or later. And what they're going to do is require a new assessment once we are past October, and that is a transitional interim payment assessment or the IPA. So this transitional IPA is going to be required on all Medicare Part A residents that admitted prior to October 1st that will continue skilled services into October. And we must have an ARD for this transitional IPA between October 1st and October 7th and during that resident's Medicare benefit days. Wow, it sounds like NACs will have a really busy week during the first seven days of October of next year. Is that right? You know, it, it is going to be busy, no doubt about it, but they actually have a little bit more time than it appears. The, the ARD for these transitional IPAs must be set between October 1st and October 7th. However, the IDT still has 14 days from the ARD to complete the assessment. So CMS has noted that the IPA not only has a smaller item set than the five-day, which will also help reduce provider burden, but we have the ability to stagger those ARDs during those first seven days of October and then to use the full 14-day completion period to really spread out that workload. Can you give us an example of what assessments will be needed if a Medicare Part A resident admits, for example, on September 28th, 2019? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, and before I ad address that exact question, I want to talk a little bit more about the this hard transition date. And I really want to explain it like there's an imaginary wall that separates billing between September and October. And what that means is we cannot use the same PPS assessment to bill for September days as we would for October days. So all Medicare days up until and including September 30th must have a RUGS4 assessment to bill for those days. And this RUGS4 assessment must have an ARD that's on or before September 30th. That's the only way we can establish a HIPS code under the RUGS4 to have an ARD that's scheduled 930 or earlier. And then we have to look on the other side of that imaginary wall, which is October. 
And for October, we must have a PDPM HIPS code. So we're going to use this transitional IPA that again scheduled between the 1st and the 7th of October to establish the case mix groups that are going to be used to bill October 1st or later. And like I said, you cannot use the same assessment to bill for September days as you can for October days because September is going to be RUGS 4 and October is going to be PDPM. So we talk about the scenario that you mentioned. If a resident admits on September 28th, then a five-day PPS assessment must be scheduled by 9.30. So the ARD must be set for September 28th, 29th, and, or 30th, any one of those three days. And the rug that's established on that ARD will be used to bill for only those September days. Then the transitional IPA must be scheduled within those first seven days of October. And this assessment is going to be used for reimbursement starting on 10-1, and that will continue until either the resident comes off of Medicare or an an another interim payment assessment is completed by the facility. The key is really the ARD. Any ARD that's 9.30 or earlier is going to use RUGS-4 and follow the RUGS-4 rules and item sets. And any ARD 10-1 or later will use the PDPM item set and rules. So are the variable per diem adjustments applied during the transition from RUGS-4 to PDPM? Oh, great question, Jessica. Yes. So CMS clarified on Tuesday's call that the variable per diem schedule is going to reset for all residents during the transition. So what that means is October 1st, for any residents going from RUGS to PDPM, October 1st is going to be day one of the variable per diem schedule which means the NTA component, that non-therapy ancillary component, is going to be adjusted by a factor of 3.0 for those first three days. And then for PT and OT, which have a reduction of 2% every seven days starting on day 21, you will not see that reduction until at least October 21st. Thank you, Jesse. This information is so helpful for our members. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about the transition from RUGS-4 to PDPM? Oh, I, I just really want to stress how much we can do as we move forward to October to get ready for this transition. We don't have to wait till October 1st and, and get everything done. We can really get systems in place. And one thing I want all the NACs to consider is that the new items that we know are going to be added to the MDS, the primary diagnosis at I-0020B, the surgical history in Section J, and the new column 5 for the Section GG interim functional assessment, these, these are items that are going to be new to us, but we can start getting systems in place to have that information ready as we transition into October. So, for example, as, as we have Medicare residents admitting, we can start developing that process with our hospitals to help identify the primary reason they were in the hospital and then the primary reason why they're admitting to the SNF PPS day and ensuring we have that accurate, complete ICD-10 code that the physician has agreed with. And as well as the surgical procedure from that qualifying hospital stay, identifying that information, ensuring we have a good process with our hospitals to collect that medical record documentation to support coding those new items as we move 
closer to October. And like I mentioned also, Section GG, working with therapy and our IDT to establish that process of how we're going to uh, collect the data for Section GG and then provide that functional assessment to determine the usual function. Um, again, collaborating with nursing and therapy to have accurate information and having all those systems in place is really going to help prepare us for the transition to PDPM. Thank you, Jesse, and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. Listeners, please be sure to check out all of the great PDPM resources on our website, www.anac.org.